From Electric Forest Radio, this is Forest Today. Today on the show, we're sharing a great conversation I had earlier this year with Sampo. He's the festival director for Electric Forest. We chat about his unique start in the industry and the path that led him to his current role, as well as a look behind the scenes at the year-round operations that take place in order to produce something of the magnitude of Electric Forest. We also discuss what folks can do to contribute to the experience, and he also shares a few new things we can look forward to as the gates open for EF 2023. That's coming up. But first, for more episodes of Forest Today like this, plus the Brainery Hour, exclusive DJ mixes, and live set recordings from the festival, don't forget to search for and subscribe to the Electric Forest Radio Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or visit electricforest.com slash radio. So I'm Sampo, and I'm the festival director, which means I get to make sure that everything is working right. And everyone, I guess the people report classically in a way, they report up to me, so to speak. But really, I'm just the one who's making sure we're all in sync together across all the different departments. And, you know, Electric Forest is now 65 different department heads and 65 different departments. And so that's a lot of coordinating. And I'm my job is to make sure we're all in communication, all connecting so that there is a a unified story and a unified piece that comes together once we uh, open the gates to everyone. And this is very much a year round process of organizing and planning and motivating people across the team. So what is, what is a typical week look like for you as far as keeping everything on task and progressing throughout the year? We really start, yeah, we really start in August um, and don't, finished until we're through a couple weeks after the show. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it is pretty year round. It's maybe a couple week break, but that's about it. Yeah. And on a weekly basis, we again, try to connect as much as possible. So we have each department has its own internal meetings. Um, and those are to build what's going on in each of those departments, whether that's a decor department or a lighting department or a the forest itself has its own department or the Good Life Village has its own department. And those each have their own internal meetings. And then on a weekly basis, we have kind of a department heads call so that we connect everyone across. And really this this real importance to not be siloed, not to just be developing your own sphere, but to know what everyone else is doing and how their their stuff might impact you, but then how also we're telling this story that we're trying to tell each year and try to create each year so that it's in sync um, and and unified as we as we move each piece forward. So let's rewind to the early days of the festival and talk about the why of Electric Forest. You know, why create something from scratch? Why go through all that trouble? What was what was the intent and the purpose and and the process of actually getting this off the ground? I, I think that the really the beginning was this communities that the jam band scene had created. You looked at it from the Grateful Dead on Ford, that these incredible communities that they had. You imagine the Grateful Dead filled stadiums full of people uh, without any social media, without any, it was passing tapes and, and community and talking to each other. And so through that community building and then also um, coming from this world of kind of artist management, which again is kind of building fan bases and building that, really came out of, out of that. Um, and then with this weird thing, looking at your 
playlist and seeing like, wow, I dance to that and that. I dance to jam and I like to go dance to, to electronic music and I'm mm -hmm. into both. And how do we combine that, right? The idea of it being a dance party in a way yeah. or a dance festival where you could come connect to a community and then dance across these these genres. And then as you know, we, over the years, we've always populated bands that fit nothing into there, sure. right? I mean, Preservation Hall Jazz Band played right. for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And the idea was still come and move, come and enjoy the ecstasy of music. Um, and then of course, through all the art as well. Yeah. But that was the original piece was really this idea of community and dance. And then the dance wasn't so defined in this unique, you know, singular genres, but that it could cross over and people were listening to all these different genres and enjoying that, enjoying their movement to all those places. Yeah. The art aspect is something that's clearly sets Electric Forest apart from other festivals. Um, What's the process like of making that happen, curating that, finding those artists? Like how, how does that even come to be each year? Well, we're lucky enough now to get a lot of submissions. Yep. So, yep. Um, so that's great. Uh, and I think it started, right, there's a real West Coast movement to, to incorporate art into, into the scene. Hmm. Um, and then we adopted that and, and have grown it, you know, in our own way, I guess, since then. And... I think that the the piece of the art is similar to the dance, similar to the music, right? It's another area of beautiful expression. And I think that uh, we we try to do in curating it is simply to stay with that the this theme of electric forest, right? What are we trying to what are we trying to be? What are we trying to do? So, you know, our art tends to involve a lot of kind of small meeting spaces, yeah. places where you can sit down with six or eight people, yeah. places where you can interact with two or three or four other characters, right. um, these smaller, you know, bits and pieces. So again, bringing people together, chance to connect, chance to meet new people, chance to be part of a tribe, chance to meet new people of your tribe. Yeah. And I think that's been the, the, the theme of the art. And so it isn't kind of necessarily giant art statements as it is places to, to collect and people to get together hmm. you know, the difference between a you know massive tower installation versus the nest right right this is something where you come together as, yeah. a, as a as a group so i think that was more of the concept behind it and then that pushes the decision making so is it does it create community does it create places to gather does it create a beauty to it as well hmm talking about your background in the industry and how you end up getting to the spot that you're in today um what was that path like for you mine's pretty i don't Unique. know maybe a little bizarre <laughs> okay um but um i i grew up uh working in a ballet and opera institute um wow and okay so um so i was from the on the fine art side of things yeah um, and my secret that my dirty little secret was that you know i was uh <laughs> into the dance scene and into and into uh, a lot of other music. Yep. Um, but that my employers didn't know that. Yep. And um, and uh, so I started in the fine arts world and I ended up for a bunch of quinces in the UK producing outdoor shows there. Okay. Um, and that time was the first time the big opera stars of Europe had come out of the opera house and were doing these they called wow. them open airs back then, which were these wow. 15,000 people, sit down concerts outdoors at beautiful castles and things like that. Yeah. And, um, and while I was working for those shows, this 
crazy coincidence of events happened called the Three Tenors, which I'm sure most of our fans have never heard of, but it was this one and a half year blip that these three opera singers became the biggest pop stars in the world. Mm. Um, and they just had this kind of everything aligned for one moment and they shot to the moon and I got shot along with them. So wow. I went from that to producing stadium shows for them. And um, and that <laughs> that put me into the into the touring world. So I then started touring um, arena acts with Concerts West. And that was that was really my experience deepening into the into the music industry. Um, and after years and years and years of that, I um, kind of took a t took a break, took a time out and um, and ran into Jeremy Stein. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I have this this little show called Electric Forest. We were just starting. <laughs> Would you want to come help me uh, blow it up? <laughs> wow. And that was that was really it. And so it, it came out of uh, years of touring in the, in the music industry and years of being involved in that in that scene in, in that place and and then just believing in this site going to see it going to just experience that the, the magic of the forest for the first time being like oh i can change my career and do this this is yeah yeah well, so talk about those the early days and how the festival has grown from you know pretty small gatherings and modest roots to where it is today did you anticipate that to grow that much has it been a surprise or or was that kind of the vision all along i think the, the vision was to get it up to a certain size which is which is currently at that was certainly yep. the vision um but it's always been limited by the force what the force yep. can handle right and i think um there was a a year a few years ago a bunch of years ago maybe six years ago or so where i think it was maybe a little too sold a little too Mm. much and and the forest felt crowded yep. and so then we pulled back the capacity so i think it revolves around that gathering spot of the forest and what it can handle and how it how it works and so that's ultimately why the capacity is set and doesn't grow and, and it's yeah. suck where it is because it yep. it does kind of it, it needs to breathe the way it currently breathes and yep. and uh beyond that makes it you know again not the show that electric forest is sure what have been some of the biggest challenges over the years in your role? I think the the biggest challenges have traditionally been weather, right? Mm. We are that that's, yeah. that is always always a, a a thing that we that we deal with, um, and um, I think what we do and have done well in this area is that we have you know we have plan A, B, C, and D, just yeah. not plan A, right? And I think that goes for any anything that's outdoors, right? Yep. And all kind of these events where you really need to um, have planned to, uh, uh, you know, many, many iterations of what could possibly happen. Right. And I think that's what this team does really well also, which is that we go through those scenarios. We go through all the different possibilities so that we're not kind of caught off guard. And I think that it's why the festival, like ourselves and all the other big festivals, why we are a 12 month operation, yep. because you have to have gotten all your real planning done really well in advance, so yeah. that when strange things come up or side things come up, you have the capacity to, to do that. You're not stuck in your basic planning, right? You're, you're past yeah. that and on to, on to how do we react to different situations. Um, and then the, the fun part of it too, right? The fun challenges are, are you know, coming up with something like the hangar, a brand new area and starting that from scratch and new things in the forest too. And I think what's also been um, really rewarding here and also led to a lot of these kind of more challenging developments is that we end up spending a lot of time developing uh, these ideas in a really small way. Mm. I think a great example is that Luminaries, right? Which was yep. basically, you know, 
a bench with a right. couple luminaries on it when it first started. It's yep. a little teeny idea. Yep. And as you see these things start working, then we start growing them. So we we don't just kind of dive into like giant new things very often. We end up kind of cultivating these small ideas and these new ideas and seeing how they work and then growing them. And so I think that's probably a little more challenging because it's much more organic growth and it takes a lot more concentration, a lot more effort. Yep. As opposed to just like, okay, bring a big giant troop in and, right. and have it done. Um, right. But right. it makes it a lot more rewarding too. And I think it, it responds better to our audience. We're, we're listening and seeing how they participate with it as opposed to just plopping something down and saying, here you go, right? Sure, And so it sure. comes back to that also, I think, in uh, part of the ethics of the forest, which is not only what are we building for you, but what do you bring to it? Whether it's yeah. your energy, your costumes, your ideas, um, like Luminaries is an idea of yeah. fans of ours, right? So right. again, um, that's the idea, I think, where that's a challenge because it isn't a fully formed idea that we're starting with, um, but it ultimately makes it to be, I think, much more rewarding. So if someone is listening and has never been to the festival and has only seen the photos or maybe a few videos, what, how do you, how do you describe it? How do you encourage people to want to attend? What sets this apart from any other festival that's, that is booking similar types of music? I think that you've got two things going. One, you have a real sense of adventure. So there isn't really a linear path to do electric forest. Um, I think you know, when, when the schedule is released, everyone puts down exactly when they're going to go see which, which acts. Mm-hmm. And that never happens in yep. Electric Forest at all, right? It's kind of a yep. joke almost. Yep. Um, and so um, there is a sense of adventure and a sense of discovery that is central to it, which makes it, I think, a brand new experience every time you go there. Yep. And, and then, there's, then there's the community and there's the forest family piece, which is to be able to enter that and feel accepted right away, feel safe in any kind of way, express yourself in any way you want. I mean, that's certainly what we're trying to provide there, right? And so, and that creates this really connected family. And I think um, what's interesting in the, and the people listening to this might not know is that, yes, there's the forest family, which we strive and strive and strive to maintain and provide the right spaces for and all that. But behind the scenes is a forest family too. And it kind of trickles down from there. I mean, those of us that work on this show are really bonded as a family too. It's our favorite thing we do. It's yeah. how we get together. It's our deepest friends and our deepest connections is the people we work with. So we have a forest family that is, I guess, very aligned with creating that, the places for the forest family to assemble. So I think that comes through and I hope mm-hmm. it comes through, but that's the intention, right? That really comes through. So those those spaces and places are there um, as you gather. So I think you get to come to a large festival, but feel like you're in a small nurturing environment and can meet people and, mm. and, and connect um, in a way that you might not at another large festival where it's very much about staying in front of the stage. Sure. Uh, let's talk about 2023 and plans for the future and uh, improvements and what folks can look forward to this year. Well, you know, I'm not going to tell you everything. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we're going to we are we are once again um, deconstructing, reconstructing, and and making changes. And um, we do that with the scenic of our stages. We kind of um, you know change, and and there'll be some big surprises this year on that. Um, and we've always done that in the forest with new um, new areas to explore. That'll of course happen, and um, 
the hangar will be, a, I think, a big surprise to a lot of people and, and um, another kind of big evolution in, in the festival. What can fans do to contribute to the festival's sense of community, um, education, personal development? What, what, can, what can people do to, to contribute on their end? I'll say everything and anything. I mean, our plug-in programs just started, right? And those, those are pretty open. And we, yeah. we really want to encourage people to dream big, starting with the wish machine and all the way down. So that's a big way to connect in, but also to, to dream big and, and come up with any idea or any contribution you want. And, and we're trying to, here to support that. Um, you know, we've got great success stories in there too. A lot yeah. of artists, both visual artists and stage artists who have kind of come up through that program as well, just yeah. connecting in and then, and then having a, having a, a piece come out at Electric Forest or being on stage there and being able to move their career on in that. Yeah. And, and I think that the other way is just in creating these kind of groups with your friends, right? You're going to come as a group. You're going to have uh, experience with your group. You'd be open to meeting new groups of people. And yeah. I think it's just the attitude that we see the Forest family bring to the show, which is this one of a really open-hearted desire to, to share experiences and share emotions and share, you know, any, any kind of experience with each other. And I think that the fun part is that we don't know a lot what gets, what's going to get created, what you're sure. going to bring. And then it ends up bringing something. Yeah. And then hopefully we can run with that idea and, and, and gets, encourage that space again, or encourage that, those kind of vibes or encourage that kind of connecting somehow yeah. um, and, and, and further it on. I mean, the giving tree is a great example, mm -hmm. right? That was not something that we did at right. all. We yep. had no participation. It simply was a tree yeah. in the inside the venue. There's nothing else, and that and and that was taken up upon by by the audience. They started doing their own thing, growing it, and then we tried to create that space even better and better, so that could further advance what you know what our fans were were doing there. Yeah, um, and so I think we're open to that in any way, and open to any solutions, suggestions. Um, participation at all and and it's 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 welcomed and encouraged and 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 even supported by us um so yeah. in, in any in multiple ways we really try to support that yeah i mean when people are making even offhand comments on socials or or message boards or whatever those often are being seen by folks behind the scenes and um i mean i've i've seen changes made that come directly from those suggestions so they're worth bringing up and and ideas are always welcomed yeah and ideas of of new things of different things and ideas of things that just simply need to be corrected right yeah. i mean we've made changes to the venue we've made changes to certain policies of ours we do that every year to try to um keep up with the comments we get from from the fans and make the experiences as you know as, as rewarding or as great as possible yeah. um and that's that's our that's my job or our mission right is to yeah. is to continually uh up and improve the festival so it meets the the expectations and 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 of the fans and also meets all the requirements of just being safe and beautiful and wonderful and yeah. kind and and all those pieces that are, are needed you know we think of our you know we think of our all our people that work as more like guest services there's not security guards there's guest service guards mm -hmm. right you know all the things is all just an attitude of how we how we um providing the space for our for our fans 
Do you consider yourself very lucky to be in the role that you are and, and how you're able to spend your time working on something like this? It's the, the, <laughs> the luckiest. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, the fact that, you know, I get to spend my day talking about pillow, you know, feathers and pillows and colors <laughs> and explosions and lasers. And yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's extraordinary. And there always was in, in touring, there always was an excitement of, of kind of being behind the stage and looking out across the audience and seeing the fans enjoying themselves at a, at a show. At Electric Forest is just another level up mm. because you look out across the audience and seeing that people ecstatically enjoying themselves and really going off and really yeah. having an unbelievable time. And, you know, this kind of, I guess this, it's, to me, it's, the, it's almost like the anti of what we see everyone with their phone in their face, right? right? You know, and, and, right. and to see that culture taken down mm -hmm. and up comes this human to human contact and this human to human culture there. Um, it's the most rewarding site that you can see as someone who works on shows, right? There's nothing yeah. greater than to see the fans at Electric Forest enjoying themselves. I mean, it's th that's the absolute peak of peak experience of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. If someone is listening and has a spark in their mind for event production or getting into this industry, what's your biggest piece of advice for somebody like that? I think just go do it. Like, I mean, it, it is, um, just get in the door. There is, we have, I think here, we probably have a quarter of our staff start as interns mm. um, and are full time now. And all it was was they got in the door and they started working. And this is just a class, classic kind of case. I think this industry is if you work hard, you get noticed. There's yep. just long hours, there's yep. difficult tasks. Um, very little sleep on that yeah, shows, right? Right. And so those that are willing to put in the effort and and have the deep commitment to it and this kind of love, true love of it, yeah. you see it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think those people rise really fast. So it doesn't matter if you're given the job of setting up a dressing room or putting chairs out or, or you know, putting up scrim on a fence line. It doesn't right. matter. You can see someone's attitude and enthusiasm and we grab those people because they're, special and spectacular and they will you know they will come into their own and come yeah. into being huge contributors to the to our to the festival our festival and all the festivals because most of these people are working multiple festivals right? right and so right um and i think that that's that those people are just you really recognize them so i would only say just go do it in any mm -hmm. way get your foot in the door in any yeah. way you can yeah. um you know and i think that we see it all the time i mean i think from from the top down electric force that is that thing. I mean, if you if you were uh, came inside the gates before you were allowed to, right, and mm -hmm. you saw the final scramble to have everything arranged perfectly, you'll see our top five people, top ten people, top twenty people with shovels, with mm -hmm. you know, hanging scrim, moving fence around, putting up bike rack, whatever it is. There's no one, no one in our in our organization that doesn't get their hands dirty and has that like just commitment to the detail and commitment to the beauty of the work and commitment to trying to make it perfect, right? And so yeah. I just think those skills are seen once you're doing anything, um, yeah. you know. I, would, I guess I would, one thing I would offer is because the hours are long, because the work is hard, um, because you don't get paid like you do on Wall Street, mm. um, it has to sit deep in your heart, this industry or music or art and the belief that it truly 
um, is transformational. And so um, I think all of us here, but certainly all the, the people who I think are in the, in the upper, you know, all the people in, in, who work for Electric Forest, I should say at least, um, have drunk that Kool-Aid in a way, right? Mm -hmm. That you truly believe in it. And I think that if you are excited about celebrity and excited about all these other pieces that, that kind of, I guess, ancillary pieces to the music industry or to the festival industry, it's not a great place for you because it right. it it requires a different level of of attention, a different level of effort, and a different level of just kind of digging in. But if yeah. you believe in that, if you truly believe in that transformative piece of music and art, then um, it's a spectacular place to work because you get to do that. You get to put your heart and soul into it. You get to do passion projects. You get to do silly, stupid stuff that makes no sense to anyone else. Um, and then you get to watch people react to it. And so it really is an, an enormous payoff to your soul and to your heart um, in that sense, right? And so yeah. for those for those of us that believe in that and are committed to that, it's there's there's no better place. And I think um, for those that, that aren't, it's kind of not that fun a place, right? It really right. isn't because it's just right. a different, it's, it's just a different level of it, of, of effort. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's that everyone's here for the right reasons, right? It's not for the paycheck or for the glitz or the glamour, but it's right. because people truly believe in the impact that this can have on people's everyday life. And I know we talk about it in um, other areas, but the importance of taking the experience you have at the festival itself and somehow figuring out ways to bring that back into your everyday life you know, and that's something we need now more than ever. Um, but especially after we've been through a global pandemic the last yeah. few years and, and having trouble connecting and creating community and Electric Force just creates such a great template for, I guess, what could be. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. I think you can see there what could be, right? How yeah. you could relate to people, how you could hang out with people how you can develop a community and so as you said how do you bring that back and how do you bring those pieces back and um the more we can positively impact that um you know that's a really special place to be it's always been needed yeah. <laughs> it's never not been needed right? right i mean again you know you go back to you know cavemen built a fire and pounded drums and danced around it right i mean right. it's always it's never not been that yeah. um it's just that we're we're so spread out and so much distraction, right? And right. so how do you remove that distraction and refocus it on this and then feel that huge positive benefit of it and then want to experience that again and again, not just at the forest, but in your everyday life. And I think that is is really important. And I think that in a in a in a strange way, I think the people that we talk to and, and see it from is that that impact of a different way of relating to people, different way of being with people actually has had positive benefits. So I think this idea of, you know, the kind of old like autocratic, like leader who's like scares everyone into doing the work they have to do. And um, they thought that was the best way to get things done, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that what we're learning in, at Electric Forest, what we're hopefully communicating, what people are taking away from it is that actually through, you know, love, kindness, community, deep caring, deep believing in what you're doing, 
your own passion into the things you do, that actually that's a better way to lead mm. and, and gets more stuff, quote unquote, done, sure. you know, um, than the old way, right? And so um, that's certainly how we do it. That's certainly our, you know, management way of doing things here. That certainly is, I think, probably seen and felt at the festival. And hopefully that's flowing out from that because it is a much, much better way of being. And I think that maybe we can help push that tide back against those old autocratic mm -hmm. dictatorial ways because they don't work and they, right. they don't make anyone uh, a greater spirit on this planet. Thanks so much to Sampo for taking the time to chat with me. That's it for today. I'm your host, Kent Otto. As always, in addition to this podcast, you can tune in anytime to the EF Radio 24-7 live stream to hear live sets from the festival, artists' radio shows, and so much more. To listen to EF Radio Live and find a full schedule of programming plus links to more episodes of this podcast, visit electricforest.com slash radio.